You're listening to Red Nation Online. Hey, Eastside Stand Up listener. As always, we appreciate you downloading the podcast and want to ask you a quick favor. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you checked out rednationonline.ca. Added us on Twitter at rednationonline. Give us the thumbs up on Facebook as well as iTunes. Any or all of those would be awesome. Thanks so much, and enjoy another episode of Eastside Stand Up. Zadorazny and I'm Ian Clark, and we're back from our weekend and watching a replay of Toronto FC soundly beat DC United 4-1. That was DC United in quotes, as their best were arrested for the US Open Cup, and it was a mostly inexperienced group who could not handle the mighty TFC. It's all in perspective though, but refreshingly, a glass half full, as we review the performances of Daryl Russell, Wright DK, and Alvaro Ray, and discuss comments from Tim Laiwicki and Tim Bezbachenko regarding DP signings ones they will pursue, and ones the league apparently does on their behalf. All of this and more in the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. That's sort of the, that should be the uh, asterisk or how we set this off, is that uh, Rooftop Studios. Rooftop, we're on a rooftop studios, we're not back, but it's the day, day or two after the, the huge 4-1 with, with, win. With a win like this, you need a couple days to take it in. Yeah, reassess, <laughs> hash out the pros, the cons, how we're the feeling. The indifferences. Yeah, the indifferences. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, one of the, the, my opening joke was something along the lines, you know, I don't get super excited when the team comes out and I see they've tied up their shoelaces or, or put, they haven't put the kid on backwards and maybe I don't get too excited when they beat DC's the worst team in the league's B squad 4-1 yeah, 4-1 uh, we're officially a second division team yeah but you know there's sort of like because you, 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 I knew there was going to be sort of maybe two very polar opposites where it was you know people would be like I'm not getting excited about this all but then some people just being happy that we won a fucking game it's nice so it is I, nice. I think I'm, maybe we'll try to navigate somewhere in the middle without swinging too far to one side right. for too long. Because I don't it, think we can. No, but it's both valid, right? Like exactly. That's, that's the thing is that, yeah, I mean, what's, let's see the next game. Right. right? Let's, see, let's see how we end, finish the year off against Montreal. Is there going to be any momentum in these last three or four games? Mm-hmm. Three games, I think it is, uh, to get any kind of enthusiasm for us, or is this all we're getting? And will Jim Brennan behind the, be behind the bench? Nelson, Nelson should be shaking in his boots. Jimmy, Jimmy's coming Jimmy for your B. job. Jimmy's coming for Jimmy's coming for Ryan's job. Who's Jimmy? I'm Jimmy. Watch out, Ryan. Yeah, but just to start this off, I mean, of course, it's it's Monday here, and we're on the rooftop, and I think that's I wanted to start that disclaimer off because I said at the end of the pod, and the last few have been so long, I'm never really sure if people make it to that. But at the end of this, the end of the season's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Sunday, Monday pause, just because. Uh, tied up with so many things outside mm-hmm. of my control and personal life and all that stuff. It's going to be tough making it down. All to, those little well, things. There's only one home game left against right. Montreal. I won't be at that. I'm going to be at a wedding. And then I have uh, my own uh, I have my own 
anniversary coming up. Wow, you're all these things. So busy man. October, it all got slammed into That's this right. month. But hey, we're still making it happen. And uh, I think let's roll into this, Andre. DC United. Toronto Ma- FC. Match of the century. <laughs> Two Goliaths. <laughs> standing toe to toe. Sort of. If you don't laugh, you cry, right? Yeah. It's the best medicine. That is the best medicine. It is the best medicine. I have a ton of notes. There's a lot of stuff that we can talk about with regards to this team. And even even on in the game, there was so much. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk about DK. You want to talk about DK? Yeah, I want to talk about DK. He looked really good. Top. He looked. You know what? If he has more time and we have a good team around him, I really think he could show off some of his skills. Yeah. And, he, and he's a worker. He worked hard. Yeah. Well, I think DK is a guy. I like that acquisition quite a bit in a lot of different facets. I think he's got the right age. Mm. Salaries spot on. <laughs> and his, his attributes in terms of pace and athleticism are, are up there. I think they're what really works well in this league. And then the last piece that we maybe got a bit of a taste of, but we'll see as we get a bigger sample size, is just finishing. Because I think the speed we saw in this game, so he's not afraid to get stuck in and kind of yeah. like battle for the ball. Uh, he seems to have decent vision, knowing where his teammates are going and where to pass it up. And he's hitting that point that we've talked about a couple times. That's like that sort of North American soccer player peak mm-hmm. where they're like 26 yeah. somewhere between 25 to 28 is when these North American guys even though he's Nigerian but I mean he's come through this region where if they're still playing at a regular basis in North America that's sort of when they hit their peak and mm-hmm. start uh, scoring goals and he sort of saw that from DK when he went on loan to LA Blues and he came back to Portland last year and then he got that unfortunate injury just when it looked like he was scoring at an okay clip so he's a guy that I'm I'm excited for him. He's one of the guys like in this last end of the season that I kind of got my eye on the most, even more so than I think a lot of people talk about Alvaro Ray. Right. Uh, I'm more stoked on DK just because, again, the salary differential and, and what he could potentially he's gonna offer. He's going to survive. Basically, he's going to survive the winner. I think so. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and then we're looking at, you know, in contrast to that heading into the game, there was a couple interesting things because off the top, they were mentioning the salaries again and they're looking at uh, Danny Coverman's. Richard Eckersley and Stephen Fry. Those are sort of three guys at the top of the telecast they were mentioning that are looked like to be as good as gone. Yeah, I mean, I, Cooverman's is a wash. Were you were you the one who was talking about like two years ago? Or was it your brother that was like, I want, I would like to see Cooverman's out of here. My brother probably. Was it your brother? Yeah, well, for sure. I was shocked by that. Even in two thousand, at the start of two thousand and twelve, <laughs> that he was angling to get him out of here, and I was well, like, really? He scored a lot of goals. But I, it well, was Steve an age Perry thing. too. But he made the point about his age, right? Yeah. That he was like, he's he's going to be a diminishing return at this point, and we saw. Well, you know, once he got injured, once he got that injury, we knew it was a 50-50 chance that he was going to come back to peak. And, he, and he's not. Yeah. It's going to be take longer to heal. The game is fast. North America, it's a, it can be brutal out there. So, like you're talking about DK, he's worked his way up. Kuferman's really hasn't. And had his age and the injury he sustained, yeah. It's a shame. I'd like to see him in there, but I don't think there's any room for him. I don't. I think the team's moving in a more youthful direction or a direction with, that's more speed and fast. I mean, we're already talking about two strikers. Striker, 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 maybe yeah. two up front. So I don't think Kuferman fits into that plan. As for as for everybody else, well, Frey, injury after injury, and it's about. I thought he'd be gone a year ago, to be perfectly honest. And uh, as for Eckersley, it's a shame. I wish they could afford him, but it sounds like every, everything must go at this time. You know, we're, we're running out of money, or are we? I don't know. We're readjusting. We're readjusting, readjusting the budget. The books, books aren't being cooked anymore. No. So. 
<laughs> no, no, and that's I think that's it's pretty fair. I mean, we but we these are all guys we've talked about in the past where it's like as much as I like. Would you be, a lot of, would you be sad to see Eckers Lee go? Really? No, not really. No, no, because it's like even on this game, I mean, we saw Bloom that he's got glimpses of potentially we could offer, which is a decent cross. And we saw that his very first game against the Red Bulls. Right. That it's just, you know, the defending was a little bit suspect, and again, the sample size leads me to believe do, I can't be. It's not conclusive mm. because he's obviously just slotting into a back line with the last month of the season. He's not familiar with these guys. Mm. But we've seen on the overlap, he's got a deep, he can he can pass the ball well yeah. and he can cross the ball in as well. So those are two positives in his in his favor that when we look at Bloom was probably making under 100 grand mm. and you had Eckersley making over three, I think it was, or yeah. thereabouts. At least three and a half, I think. It doesn't make sense. I mean, Nelson made an interesting point. He's like, why am I going to be paying that much money for someone of Eckersley, uh, uh, someone in that position? Right? Yeah. When I could be putting my money into somewhere else that yeah. we really need it. And we have it. We have 200 grand with, with Ray and potentially 200 grand with Convy. Right. And I think both those Convy guys. played well today. He's been playing well for the last couple Sunday, games. And I think they're both making a pretty good case for themselves yeah. not to be cut at the end of this year. Convy's kind of eased himself. I mean, it took him, it's taken him a while to kind of really gel. I mean, he yeah. was, he wasn't match fit for a while and he was being played later on or taken out early. And so, Hopefully this is we're gonna see the Bobby Convy maybe of old. Yeah. We'll see next season. Yeah. Well, I mean it's taken him almost. I mean if you look at his last year in San Jose where he was played out of position and then of course he goes to Sporting Kansas City where he really wasn't played much at all. Yeah. He lost a lot of time and probably a lot of motivation. So to get that back, it's taken him the better part of the right. year. If as long as he can maintain that into 2014. Yeah. I think we've seen a lot of good things. It's, I mean it hasn't been in stats, but. The stats don't tell you everything sometimes. He's been making good runs, he's been getting into space. He had a great shot on goal yeah. uh, that where he linked up with Ray. But, I mean, that's the background for the start of the game when we're, we're talking about salaries and we're mentioning these three guys that look to be on the outs. Can we have a winning team that is on a salary, with a salary cap? You think? Because we're, we're crunching numbers now. That's what, what the team's gone to. Well, it's just a matter of making the right acquisitions and making the smart ones because other teams are able to do it. And that's Lewicki's future. That's it. That's this is the season. Next season is going to be what brands him as 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 successful. Right. I, because if he doesn't make the right choices, I mean, we've all they've made all the wrong choices. Well, but he's for brought so in long. the guys that he's right. saying it's, it's on you now. Mm-hmm. It's on you, Bezvichenko, mm-hmm. and it's on you, Nelson. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm just the guy who's going to write the checks and, and nod my head yes I'm putting my faith in you and that's what I think is it's a tall the, order it is a tall order and it's, there's not a lot from this year to take to say definitively oh, 2014 uh, is going to be that much better right. I think we still have a lot to see and I'm curious to see how some things play out over the next couple weeks mm-hmm. as For we're sure. going to be hearing and through the off season because there's a lot of pieces that still need to be set but we mentioned it heading into this game. I think we should just run through it quick because we can still mention a lot of these players and some of these, these at least intriguing plays uh, to look at when we're moving forward. Of course, Jimmy B on the sideline, moving on up. Jimmy <laughs> to is the a, east one, side. Of, one of the lone survivors. <laughs> I was going to make a mean joke about certain species that survive, uh, you know, nuclear assaults and all that stuff. But uh, that would be mean. Oh, but Jimmy's me. still Jimmy's still around, and he's and he's now the head coach for a game. For a, batting 1,000. Sw- sweetest 90 minutes of his life. Batting 1,000. He's our most successful coach, coach in history. <laughs> the, what do they say? The the Jimmy, Jimmy Brennan era for one game? Yeah. Short era. Yeah. Uh, at some point, people will be calling for him. Being Jimmy. Jimmy was oh, that yeah. game he coached. We won 4-1. It's going to be in Toronto FC mythology. Yeah. 
It's up on the wall. It's up on the wall of honor. Yeah. Uh, so how do we how do we say? What do we say? Does well, this mean anything? G- no, Jimmy, Jimmy was fucking meaningless. Jimmy was served up a pretty uh, pretty soft game. I, I would have to say. We're looking at even when I was looking up. Sometimes I write. The, I go through my pregames and start start hashing it out well before the week kind of unfolds. And it was that was the thing where. You started hearing, of course, as we came down to Friday, that Ben Olsen, the head coach of DC, was saying, you know, I'm putting I'm putting my eggs in the U.S. Open Cup yeah. this Tuesday. And, of course, that meant all the guys that at least would have made DC competitive mm. in terms of Di Rosario, Pontius, uh, Kitchen, and even Silva uh, didn't start, uh, were getting the rest. And as a result, we saw on DC a couple guys that were still teenagers and a lot of players, five players, I think, under 23, mm-hmm. And uh, that young Seton kid who's 17 years old. And it was interesting hearing that, talking about their philosophy, mm. how DC is like, no, nah, we're not looking for big TV signings. We're just going to, we're going the youth route. We're going to get our it's academy ballsy. set up. It is ballsy. It's, it's, it could be a couple of bleak years. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough because there's really no template. There's not too much precedent for it, that working out. Well, De Rosero can share his knowledge of bleakness <laughs> with, with them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that's, you know, the thing is, uh, Andre, is this game started off a little bit bleak. I mean, obviously, like you're saying, it was like, a, what did you call it? It was like a... Was like oh, oh, it's like a salad bar. Because that's how many people were there. Yeah. <laughs> it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Beautiful Saturday but... and, then, and then DC scores the first goal. How apropos is that? Yeah. You know, Toronto goes in, they're playing teenagers, essentially, and they go down one goal, and it was a gorgeous goal outside yeah. of the box. That miserable was de- It was a miserable defending, though. Yeah, but... But he chose the corner, and he, and he yeah, was, you know, goal scorer's choice. Yep. That's our fault. Yep. Like, you don't let that happen, and it happened. And I was just, like, watching that. I was like, oh, man, if we lose this game, <laughs> this is, like, this is r- ridiculous. It'd be awful. It'd be humiliating. And Jimmy B would be humiliated. Well, that was the, anything other than a win. Right. It was a loss. Yeah, for sure. In this game. And I didn't predict a win, so I wasn't feeling too positive. <laughs> i got to be honest. But they uh, came out. Yeah, yeah. They came out. Well, then they came back. And let's see, there's, there's, I think we made three or four players that I think we can key in on through this game. Because, of course, Toronto came back and answered right away with none other than Daryl Russell. Mm. Two goals in two games. Yes. And, he, and he's another guy that now I'm like, oh, man, am I going to be eating crow? I might be. <laughs> because I kind of shat on him all season long just being like, you know, he offers, he offers the metal and sort of that steal. But turns over the ball yeah. it's just kind of like what you know where does he fit in scored that one great goal but after that really nothing and then two weeks in a row just gets in there and his goal was nice man he just kind of like beautiful goal. pseudo, pseudo bicycle pseudo, kick, like on the of, side and some of the goals they just it was like the the ball was tethered to the net like they were they were light they weren't like ballistic missiles they were just like kick the ball towards the net yeah and they went in yeah yeah that's the way to do it yeah Take a shot. Yep. And then we saw, not short, long after that, another great chance. And that was the one where oh, yeah. Russell sent a beautiful long cross down to Avaro Ray. Scoops it up. Faked out that defender. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the, it was a mismatch. Like, after that opening goal and things kind of settled down, I mean, this game was just, it was a bit ridiculous. Right. And I guess, once again, we can say the scoreline reflected what it should have been. Yeah. Because DC just, they just couldn't match up with the mighty Toronto FC. But that was a beautiful cross that Ray swung over and Convy just swooped in and just, just missed yeah. sliding that in. And credit to the DC keeper for making the save. But we got out of that first half, 1-1, one, one, 
I was feeling good because that was my score prediction. Right. But I'm not feeling good because I think people were probably thinking, shit, man, are we going to win this game? Yeah. Are we going to, are we going to get, uh, is DC going to score again? Yeah. Which was completely possible. Yeah. And could Toronto actually pull it off? And it took a little while in that second half. It almost took 20 minutes. It's definitely one of these games that you're, you're, you kind of go in there. I know at halftime I was thinking, all right, we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens because you don't know. You're right. It's a big question mark with Toronto. Toronto could have collapsed and just completely buckled. Yeah. Not that they, not, DC United was actually a very strong team today, obviously, but you never know with this. That's the big question mark between both sides. Well, I mean, we played some of the, the bottom-dwelling teams. We lost to Chivas USA. We did. 1-0. I mean, that was a game that, that should have never, even on the road, it never should have happened. So we've got it in us. <laughs> we've got it in us. We have faith. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Let's just run through this last half because they pulled it off. And I think we already we already highlighted uh, Bright DK, but there's a lot of good things about this play. Hey, I'll even mention the referee. He didn't blow the whistle when we saw Wiedemann. Or what we saw That's is right. Wiedemann get fouled and, yeah. and hauled to the ground. In the box. And Bloom swoops in, sort of signals the referee, like, don't blow the whistle, man. I'm coming for this yeah. ball. And what was really nice about that, too, was seeing DK make that that nice run into space, but then he kind of backed away. Like, he went in forward and then saw where the defender was positioned and backed himself away from right. that guy to create the space. And Bloom put in the perfect cross, and he just turned and fired it in yeah. and just put it pretty much through the keeper. You don't see that very often. Uh, attackers who have a presence of mind to keep, stay on side. A lot of them get too forward in the momentum, and they just and if that if they go too far forward, the cross comes in, they get blown offside, and the goal doesn't happen. Yeah. So I'm glad to have seen that. Yeah, it was it was it was a big positive. I mean, I've already gushed over over DK, but I I don't know. I just oh, see impressed. a lot. I saw a cu- there was three th- three things in this game, and if we look back as well. A few minutes later, when the next goal comes up, I mean, that was the thing where DK was coming back towards our end and won the ball, turned around, and then fed it forward mm. back up to Wiedemann. And that was a huge positive. And even earlier in the game, or earlier in the half, there was another point where almost from a st- st- uh, standing still position, he outran Nyasi. Right. I mean, that the Nyasi brothers are super speedy. Mm. So to have a guy that, like, if we get him out in open field... Yeah there's a pretty good chance he's going to be able to outrun everyone right. in the league. That's a major asset. Yeah, it's huge. It's a major asset. And Ryan Nelson said today, which we'll see how that plays out in the next year, I would like to see him more, but he says this is a guy that if they go with these two DB strikers, we have a guy that can come in, in the last 20 minutes. And, you know, if we beat up these central defenders, beat up these these uh, fullbacks and they're getting tired, and you put out a guy like DK who's got a full tank of gas, yeah. he's going to be a menace. Yeah, that's exciting. It is. Very exciting. We're talking about positivity here, Andre. Glass is half full right yeah, now. I like this player. I like I want to see more of him. I want to see against better competition and see what how he gets challenged and how he, he shines. Yeah. I really I really like him. Yeah. Well we saw against I mean we saw against New York his little that little glimpse where he yeah. you know put on the afterburners to create a, a shoot at least a chance on goal. Uh, and we saw against Kansas City at home, a good solid team. I mean he, that ball was cleared off the line, but he headed it in. Uh, so he seems to be able to get himself at least once a game in a decent scoring position. If he can get a couple more, we might have a you know, we have a guy that can score ten goals, mm-hmm. which is a wow. which in this league to kind of have one guy hovering around there is a massive asset yeah. because then you just got to bring everyone else up. And if we have these other guys coming in, and if Toronto needs anything, they need goal scoring. Yeah, for sure. So we talk, and then yeah, of course DK sets that ball up, and Wiedemann lays it on to Alvaro Ray, and Ray kind of 
you know, weaves his way in there. We almost see that two times in a row. He did, didn't he? Where he weaves his way in, and he puts that cross in, and of course, DK, from winning that ball back, yeah. came all the way back, and just in case that anyone tried to stop it on the line, he was there to knock it in. Yeah. Uh, I guess they marked that as an own goal. Yeah, they did. But Not it was, uh, but Ray will get his goal uh, before the game is out. And he, again, kind of gets into that 18-yard box and, and cuts in around the 6-yard box, slots it in for the last the last goal. goal. And he beat out two defenders to score that goal. And yep. it wasn't crazy. Just nice little found space, made space, and the corner. Yeah. The, I mean, D.C. United's def- uh, goalkeeping was pretty atrocious. But I won't take that goal away from Ray. That was, it was nice skill, and he, he made the space, and that's what we need to see. Yeah, and that's this is the point where I'm... I'm sitting on the fence with Ray oh. because that's he's a guy of course who came in at $200,000 and it's just it's when Payne was fired you know you heard some people saying well his one positive was that he you know he got the salary thing sorted out but you know signing Ray for $200,000 and then signing Elmer for 130 or 140 where I mean he's sitting on the bench mm. and that kind of money for a guy like Ray who isn't a proven commodity in MLS, I think is a high-risk move. Because we've seen a lot of guys come into this league, and the precedent at least is, we know we can find guys in Central South America who will come here for $50,000, $70,000, less than $100,000, and can play to that level, and then when they've proven themselves, earn $200,000. And I'm thinking of players like Marvin Chavez, Moro Rosales, uh, Alvaro Saborio, guys like that who didn't get that fairly significant right. cap hit right off they the top. They had to work for it. They earned it, mm-hmm. and they proved that their MLS level or, or that they're um, you know they're a proven commodity to be effective in this league. Right now, they deserve the money they get paid because they've proven themselves through to, a season or two a season or three. Or two. Exactly, and that's what makes sense that's, to that's me. That's an old way of thinking, and it works for that type of player. I don't understand why that doesn't happen more often. Right. And that's, I mean, that's my nugget there to say, I don't think <laughs> that Kevin Payne straightened things out because I think that was a very risky signing. And as much as I was positive and excited to see him perform in a game like this, I'm more excited to see or more intrigued to see how he does them in the next three games right. against better opposition, against teams that are pushing for the playoffs and really want to win those games as opposed to a team who's packed it in for this weekend because they're looking ahead to Tuesday. Yeah. That will be a more accurate barometer, I think, of what Ray has to offer. Right. And I'm keeping my enthusiasm a little bit more tepid with regards to him. And that's kind of how uh, I'm exiting out of the game. But there's a lot of still a lot of interesting things to discuss as we leave this match because there was a lot of discussions through the game. It was almost more important than actually watching the telecast and the game at hand was hearing Vic Router talk mm. to Tim Lewicki or talk to Tim Bezpachenko, talk to all these guys, talk to Ryan Nelson about what's in store for us over the next little period. And I think that's the segue that we should move into is exactly, you know, these two conversations that we had with Bezpachenko and we had with Nelson or and, and Lewicki are saying, uh, there was an article that came out today and Lewicki uh, was reinforcing that in the next couple of weeks, I'm guessing that might be the end of the season. If it's before, that's fairly bold, but maybe he's trying to get that in before the other sports teams really get rolling. They're going to be in Europe. Yeah. And they're going to be looking at these two strikers, is the, what they keep saying, DP strikers in England and Syria. Well, it's about time Toronto started looking at the Italian footballers. Montreal's proven that 
they're a good commodity if you get the right ones. Yeah. So enough with the Brit. I mean, Britain like. The but Brit- they're talking about they're talking about England. They're going no, to England. No, sure. That that's mean, not going to change. Doesn't mean right. they're not like a British player in per se. Right. You're right. That's a good point. Uh, but looking to other leagues, I mean, like we've been talking about before, why not Central and South America? It just doesn't doesn't. I just don't understand. For seven, six years, it's been this British model, where they've been really forward-looking at you know British coaches, even Nelson. They, everybody hypes up his British connections, his connections to the Premier League. Yeah. So, it's nice to see them start looking elsewhere, on the continent. Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the sort of like the the way that I wanted to kind of go with this discussion was, of course, discussing who could these guys potentially be. Right. And is two DP. Is I know they're needed? saying strikers. No, you're right. But am, are they are they really saying there's going to be one striker and an attacking mid, okay. mid, or is it really going to be two guys up top? And then, of course, my thoughts of that as well is there's sort of two ways to think about it because, yeah, you know what? We've seen in the past there's a couple of strikers like uh, Juan Pablo Angel who came in and proved that it is worth spending DP money on a striker. And even Coverman's, it was worth spending for that little window, that mm-hmm. DP money on a striker. Right. But then on the flip side, you know, I've looked back on the last at least since Toronto's been in the league. And when you look at the leading goal scorers, except for this year, they're predominantly North American. They're predominantly people who've Mm -hmm. come through MLS or come through the NCAA that are at the top of the scoring charts. Wondolowski, for example. Or last year we saw Wondolowski, Lenhart, and Alan Gordon Mm -hmm. were able to rack up an absurd amount of goals. Landon Donovan, Dwayne DiRosario, a lot of guys who are sort of like MLS core players who have elevated their game to become Edson Buttle, for example. And so, you know, I'm sort of sitting out there saying, do you really need to go and get the DP striker? Is it maybe better to get the guy who can pull the strings? Find that 27-year-old guy who's ready to break out. Is DK that guy? Maybe, maybe not. But that's sort of where I'm leading with this this discussion is saying, do you you find a guy who can be like a Blanco or Shalotto and can kind of do a little bit of everything and pull the strings? And then link him up with a strong North American-based striker. Two, putting two top-tier strikers on in the books, it can go one of two ways, right? I mean, it could be a huge waste of money. And Toronto has proven in the past they, they can't splash money around and throw money at players. On your hand, I find that the North Ameri- on that end, which you're saying about the North American market, we've never really, really gone to that road. I mean, De Rosario was Canadian, so that, that helped a lot. So perhaps going one and one would be a better idea. Someone like Blanco would be fantastic. Someone of, someone of his caliber. Someone who could make things happen. I don't know if Blanco was ever truly a number 10, or he, but he was a playmaker. He could score goals, like goals from anywhere. So we need someone like that. And do we really need a full-on striker? We need some. We need tacticians. We need people that can think ahead and not just be selfish. We need players that can pass, players that communicate, and players that score goals. And it's tough to find those in a North American market. Yeah. I mean, Zero Zero was kind quality of quality finishers. Yeah, quality. Because you know what you're thinking. You know who I'm thinking. You know, I mean, obviously, you just mentioned Devio De yeah. is a quality finisher, and that's a guy who is like, when we played them in that first game in Montreal at the Olympico, they scored that goal. I was, I was and I went on the podcast with the guys on Five One Four, and I go, and I said. The goal that he scored in that game where he was like falling away and lifted it over Eckersley, that's why you pay DP money. Right. Because a non-DP would not have that touch. Yeah. And that's and that's where you're getting that from. And, and we paid that money for Coverman's because all he had to do was touch it 
off the edge of his head yeah. or off his knee or yeah. just directed and yeah. it found the back, found of, the the back of the net. That's where that, that money and goes. So that's what we're paying for, class. Yes. And I, and respectfully, I don't think a lot of North American players have that. They're ingrained in a very tough, tough mentality of play. The North American style of play is very can be brutal. So having someone from City A, you have a little bit of they have a bit of everything over there. Nice touch, good shot, presence of mind. Yeah. That's what we need in this team. Yeah. Players that think outside the box. Yeah. So you're gonna pay money for that. Yeah. But the other here's the other tricky thing that I've been like pondering and trying to figure out is that we know from when we tried to sign Forlon that Forlon didn't want to come or Forlon wanted to come, I think, on two and a half years. Yeah. And we're going with four. Mm-hmm. So that's another sticking point when I'm because I was going I'm sifting through all these leagues, being like, who the hell could this be? Who mm-hmm. could this be? Who fits the profile? And there's some guys that I do think fit the profile, but I'm like, they're too old. Yeah. Like they can't be seriously thinking like who? of closer. Sure. Miroslav Close is one guy who I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. That it's like, really? Are we going to sign a guy who's like 35? This is his Does last year. This will be his last year at Lazio. Yeah. For sure. And he's not happy there anyway. Right. So. And then I'm like, okay, if we follow this, what we've been here, what we've been told, it's like, are we going with a Mario Gomez? Who's the right age, but is he really going to want to come here? Yeah. And, you know, Laiwiki's laying it out as such. It's like, they're international. They're going to be in the World Cup. Like, they won't be as like a Beckham, but whatever so you're sitting here and I'm looking at England I'm like is it Jermaine Defoe you know is it Lucas Podolski mm-hmm. I just don't think so no. right or it's like who was the other guy I was thinking of uh, Melito right potentially I don't know he like, just got back from injury right he's scoring so, goals again but he's 34 <laughs> yeah you know do we want this guy that's going to be get, getting up there in age it's just I'm scratching my head but probably that's what's going to happen you know that I mean we tend to be getting the old bulls who have a few years left, but you're like you said, they're looking for four years. So maybe it's someone in their pushing thirty or thirty-one, who has a few years left. Yeah, I mean, but I can't begrudge them from that because how many players who are at the peak of their careers want to come to Toronto to play in front of no and play in front of empty seats? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one to sell. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm. They have to know. be fucking geniuses to. To pull it to off. Pull They're going to have to wave a lot of money in front of their yeah. face. Obviously, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. But also someone who's going to say to themselves, okay, playing in England or playing in Syria, it's, I've done it. I've fulfilled this, sure. this this dream of mine, and now I can go play wherever I want. You know who I thought of actually would have been a, would be a, actually a pretty good signing, potentially, huh. would be um, Asamoah Gayan. Sure. Yes. Because he's playing in the yes. he's playing in the United Air yes. Everett's. When he played for Sunderland, man, that guy could score goals from anywhere. And they couldn't afford him and they shipped him off. I don't they Sunderland needs him now. They stink. <laughs> They're so bloody awful. That just that, but he's he scoring just, at he a crazy blew my mind. But the, he's great. I love this player. Yeah. And I just that was one guy when I was again going through all these names where I was like, you know what? Mm. I mean he's playing in the Middle yeah, East. He's in the Middle East. You might be and he's like, he's not on loan anymore. He's there. Yeah, he's there. So you might, at the right price, be able to pry him away mm-hmm. without it being like, oh, I'm prying away from Sunderland or I'm prying him away from... Anyways, that was one that oh. I was, sort of was like, that's... That would be... I would be amazed if they... That'd be great. You know? He's a great player. He's 27? Yeah. He's I already think. gone through England a couple... You know, it's he's just crazy through. that he's, still, he's playing in the Middle East. Like, ugh, it doesn't make any well, sense. Well, and also, because he's getting paid big bucks. Mm. Right? So that's yeah, maybe something we could... That worked out for Eto and... And, and Drogba. Yeah. Well, out in Russia. Or, or, out in Russia. Russia and China, respectively. Yeah. So. Uh, and then the last thing I kind of wanted to go through 
This last little tidbit that I've also had on my mind of late, and we've kind of dropped about it, and that's looking forward and exactly maybe even like where Ryan Nelson fits in with this team moving forward. Because I'm still stuck on this, I'm still stuck on what we've been hearing from Tim Laiwiki of what he kind of has a vision mm-hmm. of where this team is going and how Ryan Nelson's the guy that's going to pull it off. I still feel like he's a bit of the odd duck yeah. in the crew of this equation. And I think... Since day one, really. Yeah. That's a choice as a coach. Yeah. Oh, Going from... We've already had so many issues with coaches. We can't even... We've had too many podcasts to count how many we've talked about coaches. And to choose someone with very little to no experience very doesn't make any sense to me. And will he survive? That's a good question. Will he survive this changeup? I think he will. I think he'll fit in. I think he's going to be more of a puppet. I think he agrees with the boss. And when someone agrees with the boss, you have a partner. And he probably have the same vision. And they are going to use his connections. I don't know what his connections possibly may be. He did have a long career over there, long enough than most, and has a lot of friends. So who's to say? Yeah. I don't know. But that's what makes that Defoe comment interesting because they both played at Tottenham together. But Defoe scoring goals in Europa League and in League Cup play. So I don't think Village Boers will lose, lose him. That's my opinion. Yeah. But, but, but my point is, is that he does have these connections with players that he has played with and is acquaintances with. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that I was... A lot of that, though, is still... It still leaves me wondering because it's like nowhere that we were just talking about was coaching ability. No, oh, I know. Oh, I 100% right? agree. Yeah, like, yeah, That's the thing that I'm... And, and, you, <laughs> know, right. and you know who has connections too? Experienced <laughs> coaches. Because they've been around. That's true. So this the, is a perfect time for a new coach, to be honest. Perfect time. Yeah. I don't think... Couldn't be more when, perfect. We made this comment too when Lawicki first came on. And I was they had that article where I was saying... You know, he was talking about Toronto FC and he kind of said they've been, they've been acting like a small market team. Yeah. And of course, hiring an inexperienced coach. It's but a small market. I think he's... He, we said it then and... It, He'll give him that first third, I think, or half of 2014. And if it doesn't look like this yeah, team but is... why go through the, all that issue? Why have a guy coach for three quarters, quarters of the league and half and then fire him? I'm not advocating it. I'm just saying this is what I think no, is going to happen. No, I know. I'm not, I know you're not. I'm just saying but yeah. devil's advocate here. Like, sure. why, would he be, why would someone of Lewicki's stature and know-how... Look what he did today with the Raptors. That's massive. Drake. You get someone, homegrown uh, uh, hip-hop hi- hero... And you, and, you, and you model it after Jay-Z and the, and the Nets, and the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. It's, it's a genius. And, and, and so you need to rebrand and remarket. So he's thinking outside the box there, or you know, he's just kind of mimicking someone else. But either way, that a change now would, would be ideal if he's going to make it. And if he's not going to, then just keep him for the whole season. What's he got to lose? You want to know my, other, my other theory? Tell me. Keep an eye on the last bit of African World Cup qualifying, Egypt yeah. against Ghana. Okay. Bob Bradley. Yeah, really? That's my. That's that's what I started. I started crunching numbers in my head. Yeah. Think about that. That'd be interesting. If Egypt doesn't go through. Yeah. Bob Bradley yeah. might be looking for a change of scenery. Well, especially in Egypt from Egypt. Yeah. It's a bit tumultuous over there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, no. Uh, you're right. Tim Laiwiki was just in LA. Former U.S. national team coach. There's another one that yeah. might be available. It might be available come November. Right. Right. I mean, Lewicki seems like he's got a lot of choice. He's got a lot of connections, and he's got a lot of... I like the way he thinks. We'll see. I just have to see. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... I mean, that's what we're left with holding yeah. at this point is... Dreams. Is what's going to happen next, <laughs> and is... 
we can discuss it. I mean, it's nice to have these kind of conversations where we're kind of excited about Alvaro Ray's performance. We're excited about Bright DK's performance because we can look ahead. Yeah. And not feel so negative. But this is the first time that I can honestly say in a long time that change is making me happy. Well, remember last year? We yeah. We would have been sitting here. What were we even talking about we, this time last year? That the, the, Everything we were talking about at that point meant nothing. I was stabbing it, my eyes at watching no, Paul Mariner on the sideline. You're right. That's what I was doing. <laughs> you're right. That's why you have a glass eye. Yeah. But, but, you're, <laughs> but you're right. But we were also saying not everything we're talking about now means nothing because of the takeover, because of the changes that are happening right now. Right. So... This is it. This is what's happening right now. Is that this is the change is coming? The tide is turning. I don't know what kind of team we're gonna have this time next year if we're sitting here talking about it. But I will say that what we were talking about last year is now beginning to, per- to percolate into bubble. Yeah. And they're talking, and it's the other thing they're saying is is interesting and fascinating, and and I I want it to be day one of the 2014 season because that's exciting. We'll see what team we're gonna field. This is gonna be interesting. I'm really excited about this. Well. We might know before the season's over. Mm-hmm. But if it sounds like it, we should know in the next month. But you know what? Shit, man, the start of this year, let's not forget. Even with Nelson around, they were promising a lot of things yeah. that came up short. And, of course, we were chasing all these guys. Hey, and even your Rudy scored this weekend. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he did. Who's he playing for? Portland. Oh, right. Right. Scored the winning goal against the LA Galaxy. I think a lot of people were saying, you know, we got burned, but I don't nah, think so. No, we didn't. And there was an interesting article. By the time this podcast is up, I think this article will be making the rounds where uh, Neil Davidson of, of the Canadian Press uh, was sort of asking Bespachenko, because Ryan Nelson keeps saying that your Rudy was a league DP and saying, what is exactly like Bespachenko would have been in the office when this deal went through. So he would know what he's talking about. He had some problems, like, at least to me, explaining exactly what the hell is a league DP. And of course, there isn't such a thing, but the way that he said, he kind of, maybe without spilling too much of the beans, was sort of like, the league kind of helps teams push through deals to get the guys that they want. MLS is very invested in these teams. Yeah. So much power. Well, it's because they're franchises. Yeah. Right? They're not not, uh, independent, Mm -hmm. so... Whatever, when the teams make money, the league makes money. Right. And when, when when the teams bring in these young players and they sell them... The league gets a portion of it. Which is a little sad that we were kind of left. I feel like Toronto kind of got left out. Well, we could have we could have used a guy. Dry. We could have used a guy that was in his prime and an actual impact player. Yes. Rather than someone or a that, coach that knew what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. Or a team that was already built and just was adding a part yeah. instead of expecting him to be their savior. MLS really just kind of when we were high and get fat and giggly on success. They're all up for us. And then when we just tanked, they were gone. Where were they? <laughs> They're in Seattle. In Seattle. <laughs> Who's the next big thing, right? Uh, it's a little sad, but yeah. But we'll make it. We'll get there, Spark. We'll get there. What do we have coming up next? So looking ahead, the next three games, we're going away to Philadelphia, away to Chicago, home to Montreal. Yeah. And although those aren't like, except for Montreal, sort of the top shelf, uh, two-way games, Pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, teams that are trying to make a run for the playoffs. It's going to be tough. And I think that's the only thing from this point on. I think it's going to be about us getting a litmus test on certain players. Again, following up on Ray, following up on DK, seeing what these guys have. Yeah. Fielding, having more fun, fielding te- players like, yeah, those that you just mentioned. 
getting them out there, getting some playing time. Bloom, seeing Bloom, and if giving them freedom, giving them freedom to play. Man, we have nothing to lose anymore. I mean, I think we had a better season this year than we did last. We just did. Yeah. We just surpassed. So that was another th- point of celebration. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't all shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> we play better, so maybe we're on the up. Yeah. But let them play, let the boys play, and then see what they can do. And if they pull off two wins, oh man, that means. And if if those you're getting go- ahead of yourself, I know. You I still, know. you're still like we're gonna make. The we're playoffs. gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> Aren't we in the playoffs? No, we're not. Oh, God. I lost $1,000. You, you, 2014. <laughs> I'll let you. You can have that one. I won't, the, I won't give you shit. And you. for pride, we have to beat Montreal. Just for pride. That'll be a draw. You think so? We'll lose. They'll be in the playoffs at that point. Maybe yeah. we will, actually. Maybe we will, because they could be in the playoffs at that point. And not care. And if they lock down a good position in the table yeah. to get that first round by, then yeah. maybe they'll be willing to field some of their younger players. At least the Canadian team will be in the playoffs. Yeah, it looks like it might just be one this year. Looks like it might just be Mo- Montreal. Yeah. You know what? On that note, let's wrap it up. And I already made note that uh, I think next weekend, too, might be a Sunday pod, catching up the game after. But uh, on that note, we have Andre Zadarozny on the east side, holding it down. Spark at ClarkRNO on Twitter. Email me at HaveYourSay at RedNationOnline.ca, and uh, I'll get back to you. We always answer emails. Nice. Respond to tweets, all that stuff. And uh, this, uh, <laughs> catch you guys next week. Thanks Later. for listening. <laughs> like, what is a cool way to end this podcast? <laughs>